Consequence Podcast Network. Borahe, Iconic Army. Borahe. All right. Welcome to our part one of our D-Day album review. Yes. We just really want to talk about, to start, our initial reactions of the album. So when it dropped, I had been out in downtown Kansas City because the AOTA conference, which is like the American Association of Occupational Therapy, it was in Kansas City this year. And so it's Occupational Therapy Month. The conference was in KC. So I got to see a lot of my really good like alumni friends, you know, everyone that I went to school with, and then also got to see all of my professors. Yeah. So I was having a really good time. Like we had this alumni night, it was this dinner. And so I was downtown and then just about as the night was wrapping up, it was getting close to like 11 o'clock at night, which is when the album dropped. Yeah. And so I got in the car with Corey and it was like, I don't know, 1050. And I texted you, Kayla. And I'm like, oh my God, like D-Day is about to Uh drop. Like uh I'm so excited. Uh And just crickets. Oh my God. Disaster. <laughs> it was like, okay, all right, it's like 1058. Mm. Still haven't heard from you. And I'm like, all right, like, Kayla, like, I oh know, my God. I know. <laughs> I had set two alarms to uh-huh. wake up and just slept right through them. Like, I guess I really needed it, but yeah. I mm, I was so regretful. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny to me, like looking back on it. But in the moment I texted you, I actually said, this cannot be happening. I know. Like this cannot be happening. I know. You are asleep right now. I did wake up at 4 a.m. Yeah. Like just fresh, like out of a hard sleep, like dead to the world. And I was like, oh, oh my (laughs) God. And I like had like 35 million texts from you about this comeback. And I was like, oh my God. So immediately started like watching and like replying to everything. But I did not want to make you feel guilty no but I was just like <laughs> I don't care if I'm t- like just texting into this like yeah. void how could you not though yeah. like I mean obviously oh. when I woke up and yeah. finally saw it it's like yeah holy shit so my first time listening through I was literally driving out of like the lights of downtown Casey that was so lively because of the conference and everything and I was just like on this like high of socializing with like people I haven't seen in so long and Corey was driving like windows down it was a gorgeous night and fucking d-day like starting with like the first track I was like oh my god like obviously I listened to Hagum first and I watched the music video and I couldn't believe it um and loved it immediately but like of course I wanted to get into the album and the first half of the album is just so badass like it is confident it's like it really hits it slaps like it goes so hard Mm -hmm. just loved it first time listening through and of course I blew up your phone Kayla yeah and I mean as you should have like no guilt no shame because it was much needed and when I woke up finally and like listened (laughs) to it you know popped my headphones and started listening to it and I immediately after listening to D-Day like barely getting into D-Day I was like oh fuck like Mm -hmm. this is so 
good. Mm-hmm. I was immediately in love. And yeah, I watched the Hago music video first and loved it too. Mm-hmm. Just could not wait to listen to the entire album. And I did. I was just up from that time and just listened to yeah. it like a few times in a row. I will have to say though, it's so funny and like just unbelievable that you had fallen asleep is that you had taken PTO. I did. I hate to call you out. But I you did. You were like, I got PTO so I can stay up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have PTO and I have to work tomorrow. My, I know. And my PTO, <laughs> honestly, because of what my work week was last week, ended uh-huh. up being like more of a much needed mental health day. Absolutely. So like, it was good that I took the day anyways, but I was like anticipating like the added benefit of like not having to wake up early because I'd be up so late for the album. Uh And you know, the night before Jordan and I were like hanging out and I just got so tired that I could not stay up so late. Like I woke up super early for work, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the, that morning. So it happens. It is what it is, but you know, obviously It's just funny in hindsight. Like, it is so funny. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, cannot wait to talk about it here on the episode today. So we'll be talking about part one here in a moment. Yeah. The expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Price. It's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Oberst, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're your hosts. I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And this is Standing BTS. Your favorite informative fangirl podcast. All right. Today we're going to hang out for about an hour and we're going to be talking about the first half of D-Day. And so we're going to be talking about D-Day, Hagum, Huh, and Amygdala today. We're going to talk about the lyrics, the production, and just, you know, share our overall thoughts and just our personal experiences that, you know, we've connected with with these songs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Super excited to get into those. But before we do, we want to thank you, Iconics, for being here and for all of your support. If you'd like to support us even further and have access to our episode documents, our monthly virtual Iconic Hang hangouts and our sound checks please consider joining us at patreon on patreon.com slash standing bts or if you'd like you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standing bts podcast your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out bi-weekly episodes but any type of support is super appreciated thank you all for being here and for listening yeah And then lastly, for our charity of the month, like I was saying earlier, it is National Occupational Therapy Month. And if you don't know, I'm an occupational therapist. So I'm really wanting to support the Stroke Foundation this month. And if you guys could join me alongside in supporting them. Stroke is, you know, something that affects more than 15 million people across the world every year. I work a lot with stroke survivors and oftentimes there's insurance denials or just like lack of resources for patients to get 
rehab services. And so occupational speech and physical therapy are a crucial part in the recovery process of people who have suffered a stroke. So this foundation is really great in being able to get funding, you know, whether it's through kind of like a like a like a grant, a grant. Mm-hmm. yeah, but they get funding for people to be able to get the the therapy yeah. and services they need to recover. Very very important work that they do. So go ahead and support at the strokefoundation.org. Yeah. Let's get into D-Day. Let's get into it. All right, so just some background information on D-Day. It was released on April 21st at midnight Eastern Standard Time. The album was released alongside a documentary called Road to D-Day, which was on Disney+. Plus. Definitely check it out if you haven't. This is the third album in Augusti's trilogy of mixtapes or albums, whatever you want to say. So this is supposed to be the concluding album to this trilogy yeah so in road to d-day the documentary Yungi said that d1 is about his insecurities starting as a member of bts in d2 he was talking more about the past and the president the present and then with d-day he really wanted to deliver a message about all of those things in general so this seems to be a very concluding summary of this trilogy with the last album yeah and he end up he ends up saying he wonders if d-day will be the last piece of augusti mm-hmm. and i love how he phrased it that way because we all think that this is kind of like the end of Augusti, like he's just wrapping up this part of his career, mm. but he says he wonders if it'll right. be the last. Right, kind of leaving it a bit open-ended yeah, there. Like yeah, like maybe he'll return Right, to but it does seem like this yeah. could be really the end of Augusti mm-hmm. here. Watch him be like 71 and be like, I'm going to bring Augusti <laughs> back. <laughs> what was that song? Give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk about the first song on the album, D-Day. So D-Day was written and produced by Augusti, Vincent Invincible Watson, and 2Live. And this song acts as a super grand introduction into the album. It has, it, you know, it's very heavily rock hip-hop with its instrumental and it has a really heavy bass line and like mm-hmm. guitar riffing that is just super, super powerful, super loud, super, hey, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, in your face. And also Yungi uses this auto-tune that's really phenomenal. It's like echoey. It feels like a concert. It like puts us right into that concert setting. It does have this echoiness to mm-hmm. that auto-tune. Yeah. It's very intense. It is super hype. Like it's just fucking badass. Mm-hmm. The whole song is badass. It makes me want to drive fast with the windows down, like sunglasses on, unbothered, unstoppable. It makes me feel like you know, I'm at my absolute best when I Hell listen yeah. to this song. Hell yeah. Like, even at 4 a.m. when I first listened to it, I yeah. felt this way, right. you know? It reminded me, like, almost immediately. Like, I'm like, why do I feel like 2008 when I listened to this? I did too, and though. It's because it took me right back to, this is a deep cut, but Let It Rock by Kevin Rudolph featuring Lil Wayne. But that song literally came, I looked it up, came out in 2008. Yeah. But, like, the just the vibe of that song, the way that you feel when you listen 
listen to that song of like, I'm unstoppable. Mm-hmm. No one can say anything or do anything that's going to throw me off of this vibe. Like that's what D-Day also conveys. Yeah. It's so interesting that you were taken there because I really thought of Bugatti by mm. Ace Hood featuring Future and Rick Ross. Yeah. And I'm like, I haven't thought of that song in forever. And that's like, I don't, I didn't look up the year when that came out, but right. like probably sometime in like early yeah, 2000s. Yeah, somewhere in the mid 2000s. Yeah, mid 2000s. For sure. I mean, it's just like that hype feel that mm-hmm. super confident of like, no one can touch me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All um, good vibes. All good vibes. I wish I could feel this way every day, like unstoppable, mm-hmm. like feeling just so confident mm-hmm. and trusting myself. That's yeah. how this song makes me feel. We're already using this song in this way, right? Mm-hmm. To feel that way. Like oh, yeah. both of us indi- as individuals have mm-hmm. used this song already to like hype ourselves up and to feel confident and to feel better. So it definitely can bring that unstoppable feeling like anytime. So let's go ahead and get into the lyrics. So for D-Day, he actually starts with the chorus at the beginning of the song. The first couple lines are so impactful here where he says, future's going to be okay. Look at the mirror and I see no pain. There's a lot that can be interpreted here. I When I think of the future, I already think of like chapter two for BTS, like thinking about BTS's future. But I love just like the optimism here. He sees absolutely no pain in the mirror. When he's looking at himself, he's like, I'm okay right now. I'm going to be okay in the future. Like it's going to be all right. Maybe it's just because People Part 2 was released first and we see that we saw that visual of him staring into the mirror in that video and you know in that space of time that that represented looking so lost, mm-hmm. looking so aimless of like who am I? Where am I? You know type of thing. And now he can look in the mirror and say it's going to be okay, you know, mm-hmm. signifying like with this song he's kind of like not in that moment or he's maybe on the other side of it. He's on or, the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just it's a very comforting feeling here that he repeats this with the chorus throughout the song and we all can feel like yeah like the future is going to be okay like no matter what our worries are like it will be all right and it's such a comforting message but with this like super hype like future is gonna be okay Mm -hmm. you know like you just can feel so with your full chest like yeah yeah all right yeah totally Later on in the chorus, he says, I die for real. I see karma going to be coming back for me. Time for some paycheck and I'm riding downtown. And I feel like this is him representing the hard work that he's really been putting in up into like the point of this album of D-Day. Like this song being the title track of the album, I feel like it's so significant when like earlier in the chorus, he says like, I die for real till the D-Day. I think it's just embodying all of the hard work he's put every fucking thing into. It's the payoff here, right? The karma's coming back. Here's the payoff is that he gets to release it, enjoy it, tour, you know. All that, all that stuff all that struggle mm-hmm. like it's paying off now mm-hmm. d-day's finally here time for that paycheck right in downtown feeling so sweet and that line is like the ultimate of like i have everything that i need right now feeling like uh-huh. that line particularly when you are in your car you really want to fucking whip it and you want the sun shining uh-huh. the windows down like yeah. yeah the epitome of like good vibes yeah. yeah it is the epitome of good vibes yeah yeah and i just feel that it's significant here that like the the chorus is all in english So for me personally, you know, like I hear him loud and clear. His message is, it hits harder. It's like, I feel like he is speaking to my soul. Yeah. I feel like I can have no worries when I listen to this song. 
And I like, I need it. You know, I need, I need this chorus. <laughs> I need this chorus as a mantra to be like, get me through, you right. know, totally. Right. So in the first verse, he starts off by saying D-Day's coming. It's a fucking good day. I Hell mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he only says it in the first verse and I wish he did in the second. And I just say it in the second verse anyways, because it's so incredible how he says like, it's a fucking good day. Yeah. But he says, it's like walking through a maze for this day. Maybe the stupid past is over now. Let's toast again to us who will be reborn. And it's hard not to think of just like BTS's second chapter, but there's just, there's so much way to apply this to your life or apply it to so many other different moments in your life where it's like, we walk through this life that can be a maze. There is a lot of struggle. There's a lot of trial and error, but maybe it's just the stupid past and it can be over and we can be reborn. Right. We can, that karma comes back for us and in a positive way, there's payoff that happens. And so I love the toast. Let's toast to us who will be reborn. Yeah. It feels like it could be all of us, but it also feels like BTS after chapter two, after enlistment, when they right. come back together. Totally. And I, I love the idea of like this rebirth happening too, with like the next couple lines where he says, in a world full of hate, hate is, is even more unnecessary. Lotus flowers bloom brilliantly even in mud and like that rebirth of like a lotus flower growing through the mud and how it's through such like hardship the lotus flower can represent that kind of growth there and this is kind of a theme for him Mm -hmm. too it's like coming up right here at the beginning Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah and he continues to say that a feeling of inferiority self-loathing compared to others aim a gun at these things starting today and actually I think Dulcet had like a little bit of a better translation here saying struggling to survive by comparing yourself to others with an inferiority complex and self-hatred at those let's aim aim a gun from today so he's like those things that you're identifying within yourself that are holding you back like these these insecurities right your inferiority Mm -hmm. where you feel like you have to compare yourself to others you feel like you're in this like kind of like rat race with them or even just just the self-loathing too like mm-hmm. the not even the comparison that comes from others but just not liking yourself yeah. right like that hatred directed inwards he's saying you need to target those and eliminate them yeah from your mindset you know uh-huh. point yeah. a gun to those things you mm-hmm. know put an end to that put an end into the insecurity is the self-doubt the self-loathing if you can quit those things then you can feel a lot better about yourself the struggle won't be so hard right yeah the world full of hate like why are you adding to it mm -hmm. like why are you piling it onto yourself why would you put that on yourself yeah right totally yeah he goes on to say what are you break the limits man don't regret the past don't be afraid of the future i hope you can avoid getting hit and hurt enough yeah and dual set we got a lot of these translations from genius but we've Love dual sets translations. And dual sets translation says for this part, what defines you? Break the limit, you idiot. Don't regret the past or feel the future, you idiot. If you can't avoid it, just fully suffer through it. Yeah. 
I love that he's like challenging all of us. What really defines you? Break the limits of what you think you're capable of. It's so easy to put like that self-limitation on yourself. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not capable of that. And here he's saying like, what defines you? Like you define yourself. Right. You, can t- you can challenge yourself and break the limits that you put on to yourself. You idiot. I love how it's like a little derogatory. Right. Here, you well, know? yeah. I mean, it really feels like he's talking to himself here. Yeah. True. And in yeah. the way that this song is like kind of a mantra to the listener mm-hmm. it's like we can say this to ourselves at the same time like we are foolish to mm-hmm. continue to like ruminate on the past and like continue to hurt our own selves for it you mm-hmm. know like damage our own selves and think about the past and ruminate on it and then worry about the future at the same time yeah. fearing um, that you're not good enough fearing that you're or... not going to yeah. yeah and it's just it goes back to like the chorus it makes me feel so like confident and I'm like, man, I wish I could feel this way every day. But I love how in the verses, he's really picking apart why it's hard to feel this way every day. And that like, we actually have to really address these insecurities and comparing ourselves or this self-loathing to be able to to feel like, hey, I'm yeah. capable. Yeah, and I just love the the way he's framing it so it seems more accessible of saying, there is so much hate going on. Why are you adding it to yourself? You're capable of dealing with these challenges mm-hmm. and of overcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And he goes on to say in the last part of this verse, he says, don't rip up old wounds for nothing, only to make your scars bigger. And that goes along with that ruminating. Yeah. There's no, there's no need to keep picking at that scab, that old scar. Let it heal and move on. Yeah, because it's just going to be painful every single time. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do. Like it's hard when, to do. When reading this part of the lyrics and what we're pulling out of it, it's like, yeah, easier said than done, Yungi. It is very, very wise words here and very honest, but it is challenging to mm-hmm. do. But then like when the pre-chorus comes up and then the chorus right out, you know, it mm-hmm. it kind of helps you break out of it. It helps yeah. you feel like you can get to that place. Yeah, he's saying future's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. There's no pain in the, there's no pain in the future yeah yeah here in the after the first verse with the pre-chorus he's saying that he can't remember and not to say don't say it no more like don't talk about it anymore like don't talk about the past anymore Mm -hmm. and the way that he's delivering it feels like this almost dismissive it has this dismissive attitude about like the past struggles and insecurities and regrets but what it really is is about switching your mindset that's why he says like switch over time ticking it's over like you need to switch your mindset actively to stop Stop ruminating on the past and to stop feeling regretful and continuing to picket yourself over it. You yeah. have to have that active switch of you can't remember it. You're moving on. Future's yeah. going to be okay. I look in the mirror. No pain. It, yeah. It's yeah. very much be in the present right now. Yeah. yeah. And time is ticking. There's no time to be living in the past. There's no time to be living in the future. Right. Let's get into the second verse. He says, Day Day's coming for forbidden things. As soon as you're released, open your new chapter. We are still young, young to be alone. Minimal effort for a better today than yesterday. What are you? There's no limit. So I love the mention of forbidden things here in the second verse because it's really preparing us for Hagum. Because Hagum is all about addressing these forbidden things yeah. and being liberated from it. But he's saying that this album, like I feel like when he say D-Day's coming for these forbidden things, like this album is coming to address what's forbidden. And as soon as you can be liberated or released from it, 
that's your new chapter. Mm. And I love the mention of new chapter with mm. them being in chapter two. It makes me think of him like wrapping up Augusta D and kind yeah. of like putting it to rest for a little bit. Yes. Um, like tying up these loose ends in his personal history mm-hmm. and musical history, you know, as well to feel like as a musician and as an artist, he has kind of an end cap on it mm-hmm. that he's able to move on from it. And it seems like he's able with these lyrics, like he's, he's telling us that with D-Day, right. He's going to be working through these things in the past that he needed to talk about. Yeah. 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 Or how he said with D1, he talked a lot about his insecurities with starting as a BTS member. And he's like, no, those insecurities, like I'm going to be released from all of that. Exactly. I'm here in this new mm. chapter and I'm being liberated from that. Yeah. Oh, I feel like he is so much showing that Mm -hmm. liberation of insecurities in that way with this comeback. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He says minimal effort for a better today than yesterday. And I like how it's, he makes a realistic goal. Everyone says, you know, you can just better yourself a little bit each day. As long as you're doing just a little bit better than yesterday, like you're making progress, right? So I just like how it seems realistic here and that like you can better yourself. There's no limit to your capabilities. Yeah. yeah. And it's a it's a reminder that I feel like we really need to remember that it, it doesn't have to be a big change overnight. Mm-mm. It can be incremental and it's still valuable that you're making forward progress. Yeah. Even with setbacks, like just yeah. better yourself the next day from that setback. Yeah. Yeah. I love how he says he brings up towards the end of this verse. He brings up the Lotus flower again, starting today. We'll pass the maze and start a new beginning. Lotus flowers bloom again in a world covered with hatred. So now like we're really getting that, that mud that the Lotus flower is blooming out of is rooted in hatred, right? Mm -hmm. This is the ultimate struggle that he's coming out of self-hatred, hatred from others, wherever it's coming from. And so he says, D-Day's coming. I hope you open your chest out. The proof is yours, so please prove it. Yeah. And I love this visual of open your chest out, just really puffing your chest up with confidence, Uh carrying your head high, shoulders back, just full of pride Mm -hmm. of what you're capable of, what your future holds, what you can accomplish, how far you've already come, what you've been through in the Mm -hmm. past. And this is so much indicative of like, his own story and journey. But I also feel like as a listener, I'm reflecting and thinking about that's just where his lyrics and where his, the instrumental takes me, you know, I'm able to think back and able to feel that in my own self. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes you, it's empowering. It makes you feel like, oh yes, like the proof is mine. Like who I decide to be is my story and it's in my hands. And he says, so please prove it. Yeah. Show it. You got it. Show who you are. Right. Yeah. This is your opportunity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I love D-Day. I I think D-Day is so fucking good. I didn't already say this, (laughs) but like D-Day is my favorite song on the album. I can say that with confidence. Yeah. Like I really can. You knew immediately. I knew immediately. Like I try to be like, no, but I love, I do love all of the songs in the Mm -hmm. album, but like I just have this, instinct when I listen to a new album especially with BTS I'm like damn it that's the one honestly it's a gift (laughs) it's a gift I'm so indecisive with it It takes me forever to choose but I love D-Day and I think that it's a great choice as a favorite song on the album so fucking good it hits so hard hits hard every time never enough Mm -hmm. never enough
Okay, let's talk about Hagum. So for the production of Hagum, it was written and produced by Gus D. Only. Hell yeah. Only him. Badass. (laughs) So let's get into the the song title and the meaning behind the song title because there's this dual meaning to it. So in his interview with IU, Yoongi explained his personal meaning for the title Hagum. It means to like this... allowing or unlocking of something that is forbidden. Here is how he kind of explained it in the interview. He said, quote, the word Hagum came to me when I was young. I played rhythm games. I loved rhythm action games. When beating a certain stage, you unlock a forbidden song. Then you could play a new rhythm. It was a freedom from the forbidden. And so Hagum is very much just like liberating, you know, like you can unlock something new, by like overcoming something else. Mm-hmm. And then also Hagum, in addition to this, is a traditional Korean string instrument, like a vertical fiddle. It's like a vertical fil- fiddle with these two strings, and it's played with a ho- uh, horsehair bow. And you can hear this instrument played in the song, like throughout from beginning to end. Yeah. So this is very much like Deshrata. I told you, I'm like, mm-hmm. Hagum is Deshrata's brother. Oh, yeah. Because in Deshrata, it also has that dual meaning. Deshrata means like this great blowing and hitting while also being this genre of Korean traditional music where it's played with like mil- military music. Right. And you hear this like wind and percussion instruments in it. So you hear it played in Deshrata. So overall, like I just love how... D2 and D-Day, their hit tracks are Hagum and Deshrata, and they have this, like, Korean instrument, but also, like, these additional meanings in Korean. It's very cool, very clever, very genius. Yeah, very genius, very, like, he definitely has a vision, and I just love, just to go back to, like, the dual meaning of of Hagum itself, I love the how it represents like the unlocking the forbidden, right? As uh-huh. he what he talks about in the song or what he this song kind of opens you up for the prepares you for the rest of the album of maybe talking about topics or things that he hasn't been able to talk about or hasn't shared with us lyrically before, right? right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's also like unlocking like a new style of music. Like who is in 2023 with rap music? with a Hagum instrument in it, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like showing us that he also is going to be always looking and exploring different genres and different styles of music and different instruments um, because he's always looking for like that new lively rhythm to unlock like that excites him yeah so I feel like it's it's the dual meaning like as much of a musical gift and like musical exploration as it is of like yes the unlocking of the forbidden things Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I really do love the traditional instruments used. Like, you don't hear that, really, in Korean hip-hop or rap. And so it's really neat to see that he is continuing to, like, he talks about it in his Road to D-Day. Yeah, it just really stands out. to be able to incorporate some of those more traditional sounds and different instruments Mm -hmm. than just, like, 
the typical beats that you hear on a hip hop track. Yeah, that his new dream is to be able to travel and play with local musicians from all different parts of the world and mm-hmm. like learn their local instruments and incorporate that into his music. So I just love that. Like, I mean, that's very much who he is. Like he does that already. He's doing that here. Mm-hmm. It just excites me for what other, you know, Hagum he's going to unlock in the future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With all the other instruments. So yeah. But getting back to the song itself, <laughs> like this song, itself it's super it's dark it's bad ass mm-hmm. I mean we it's cocky at the same time and I mean maybe like di- super direct a little impatient maybe like let's get to it get the fuck on board you're either in or you're out like mm-hmm. I don't have time to wait on you yeah and it kind of feels like his arson or like a modern day give it to me mm-hmm. like uh, he's just he's reaching for whatever he wants here and he's right. taking it yeah he's comes off as very free and liberated and that's how we feel when we listen to the song as well Mm-hmm. Um, like nothing can own him, nothing can stop him, especially coming off of the confidence booster of D-Day, like that really hyped us up. And now we're like, fuck yeah, we got this. We mm-hmm. own this shit. And so it's really about like claiming that individuality and that uniqueness. And it's just overall super empowering, super empowering to do that. Yeah. It's very empowering, and I think it's so perfect that Hagum is coming after D-Day. D-Day talks a little bit about those forbidden things, but in Hagum, he really dives into what those forbidden things are. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's just go ahead and dive into the lyrics. Mm -hmm. He starts with the intro and the chorus, and in the chorus he says, This song's a Hagum. Get on board now. This lively rhythm. Perhaps this could be a new kind of Hagum. And so I feel like this is just his permission to himself and to the listener to unlock a new path or a new future for yourself and like permission to explore that and like to not be locked up by your past or your self doubt. Um, This is a new rhythm. You're dancing to the beat of your own drum, if you will. Like Mm -hmm. this song alone could act as permission to grow or to liberate yourself, step into kind of a new motion. I feel like it's all about opportunity without limits, Mm -hmm. just seeing where the opportunity is. Absolutely, yeah. And he's really, like you were saying, giving us permission to do this. This song can be a Hagum. Right, get on board. Yeah, yeah. And the use of get on board I love because it really makes me think of like a revolution. Yeah. Like get with the times and change along with us or else you're going to like sink like a stone or be left behind, right? So he's really giving us no other option but to join him yeah and I mean how can we not no like really (laughs) we're not saying no to him yeah so let's get into the first verse he says perhaps this could be a new kind of Hagum interpretation is free for all out with the nonsense and I just love because I feel like we are pulling so many different meanings from these lyrics here as we like learn and look through the album and like so much personal meaning like you and I ended up reflecting a lot on our own personal stories just because the songs put us into that headspace Mm -hmm. and I think at the same time he's telling us his story and he's you know like you said he's kind of wrapping up those those themes from D1 and D2 that he needed to address yeah um so I just love that interpretation free for all Mm -hmm. and I think also it kind of gives this kind of liberating feeling of like anyone's gonna think what they're gonna think who knows what they're gonna think and you can't control that yeah that's their interpretation yeah 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 so it's kind of freeing in that you know yeah 
Yeah. I love that take. Not to care about it. Yeah. 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 He goes on to say, freedom of expression could be reason for somebody's death. Could you still consider that freedom? Um, I think this is just so wise and mindful of like, yes, like freedom of speech, but also like you need to be conscious still of like what I say and what I do does affect others. And so like, can you really consider that freedom if you're restricting or limiting someone else by your actions or what you have to say? Like, I just think this is very wise in how he says this. Right. I think like the next line kind of plays off that too, where he says, if your convictions are reflected in your judgment and speculations and you believe that your freedom is on the same level as others, like, then don't hesitate, just get on board. If you really believe, if you really believe that what you're doing is because it's your own judgment and your own speculation, like if you're really doing what you think Mm -hmm. is what you want to do, not because of what other people may influence you to do or what you think you should be doing or whatever. What's expected of you. Right. Yeah. Is it your choice? Yeah. Are you making that path for yourself? Mm -hmm. And if so, get on board. This song's for you. You're Mm -hmm. making your own decisions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, for all those living in these unfortunate times who don't even understand their own tastes. And I think this really shows how like in modern day, like the, the lives that we're living right now, it is so easy to be influenced. I think social media is a huge component of it. Um, And he's basically saying like, we're living in times where we don't even know our preferences. And he talked a little bit about this in D-Day where he's like, I don't even know my own preferences anymore because we're so influenced by those around us. But because we're so connected with social media too, it's like, it's like we're all with each other all the time. And here he's kind of telling us like, we need to embrace our individuality and really start to question what our true preferences are. And To me, this reminds me so much of a lot of the commentary that happens in Strange. Back on D2, Strange with RM, like they really talk about like, oh, even the way my house is designed is decide, like someone above me decides that. And then I am therefore influenced and feel I need it in my house. I just love this line of like, you really should be questioning it. We're in this age, like I think about at work, like, We were talking about this, Kayla, like the Stanley cups, like Mm -hmm. the water bottles we use. Like, do you really want that water bottle or do you just have it because everyone else has it? Right. And you've just been influenced and you don't really know what your true preference is. It's more of a just you've been it's been pushed on you or it's a conformity type of like sociological component. Right. How humans tend to be. Right. Because, I mean, it's kind of like the debate between how how much you're willing to be a unique individual versus how much you want to be accepted Mm -hmm. because part of the water bottle argument is that if everybody that you work with in your department has this water bottle and they all bond over it and it's a thing then it can be difficult to not be the one person in on that Mm -hmm. but at the same time Bethany, you have your Nalgene that's covered in stickers from your travels and just things that are representative of who you are. Mm -hmm. And to you, that water bottle is more valuable than having a one- 
topic of conversation of, oh, we have the same Stanley Cup. Yeah. You know, that individuality is more important to you in that case than the conformity. Right. I, I think it, we kind of felt like it's a line that everyone draws for themselves and yeah. has to. And I think this song is kind of challenging us to do that, to think about where that line is mm-hmm. between where are you influenced, you know, kind of to question that, but also how much are you willing to express yourself and how much do you not? Mm-hmm. And it's it's difficult to do. But it can be very difficult to do, mm-hmm. especially in those social situations where you want to be accepted. Like, yeah. I, that's a natural desire of humans is to be accepted. Yeah. So it can be very tough. In the pre-chorus, he says, this song's simply about freeing what's forbidden, but you must remember to differentiate freedom from self-indulgence. I really think that this is just like some really wise sage shit from you. (laughs) Like I really am like, this should be in the Tao. Like you must remember, differentiate freedom from self-indulgence. Like, hello, it's like philosophy, but it's truly saying he's like, this song is about freeing what's forbidden. Like what's forbidden is like, oh, you do things a little differently or you don't fit the mold of society. You don't fit the mold of what's going on at your work or what's happening at school. Like you wear different shoes. You like have different tastes in music. You're into K-pop and not like traditional, like whatever artists, you know, the top 40. Yeah, exactly. But like, but caution, but don't go all the way to the extreme that you're like so far into that self-indulgence territory. That you think you're better than others. Right, that the arrogance grows. Arrogance becomes mm-hmm. a, a factor here. Yeah. That you think how individual and how unique you are actually makes you more special than others. Uh-huh. I think that's the caution here. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and so get, getting into <laughs> verse two, it kind of like continues the ideas about conformity where he continues to talk about how this endless influx of information leads to more conformity of thought because Mm -hmm. of you know like what you mentioned earlier the social media and that it infringes on your own freedom of thought and what really stood out to me here was he says all the controversy incessantly triggers confusion and judgment really what is it exactly that's been restricting us maybe we do it to ourselves it made me feel like just thinking about the K-pop space that BTS have been navigating their entire careers, all of the controversy and that they've had to come through and like grow out of and not being called rappers, not being called idols, mm-hmm. you know, especially like Yoongi himself bearing a lot of that as the rapper, producer, idol, everything. It just made me think that they've tried so hard to navigate and to avoid controversy. They haven't had like those big, huge controversies that they like haven't. maybe other groups have had. Yeah. And they put so many rules on themselves. And I think this is Yungi kind of like rebelling, rebelling mm-hmm. and asking like, do we really need all of these rules and restrictions? Like how much of it is necessary? Mm-hmm. How much of it do we care about these controversies? Do we really only worry about this controversy because we've been told that it's a problem to have? Yeah. Is it really a problem to have? I think that he's just really asking to question a lot of these things. Yeah, and I love that, like, really, what is it exactly that's been restricting us? It does conf- it does trigger this confusion. And are we putting these own limits on ourselves? I think right. if, even if you're not applying it to BTS and their struggles, are you putting this own limit on yourself, restricting yourself from this freedom yeah. because of... X, Y, and Z because of what people will think or because of a social impact or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is it, are you living your life authentically? Yeah. Are you living your truth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
He goes on to say, slaves to capitalism, slaves to money, slaves to hatred and prejudice, slaves to YouTube, slaves to flexing, selfishness and greed have gone off the rails. I close my eyes and it's easy. It's all so obvious. Opinions clearly split depending on what's to gain. Everyone's been blinded by envy and jealousy without realizing that they're putting shackles on each other. And you know, he's this is kind of a harsh part of the song, but realistically we're all whether like knowingly or unknowingly are falling into a lot of this we're all kind of guilty to some extent right yeah this Um, is like that blunt direct straightforward mm -hmm. part of the song for sure and especially in his in his delivery and I think that like if you're going to be truly liberated from your past and from your regrets and from these things like the conformity of thought and everything you have to face these right you have to face this within yourself and you have to realize that yeah you do feed into that or yes you are I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it for sure. And he says, everyone's been blinded. Yeah, for sure. Me too. This. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been a slave to this mm-hmm. without realizing, mm-hmm. but he's here saying like, you can, you can liberate yourself from it. Yeah. If you start to question it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how at the end he's uh, in the, like the, this last pre-chorus, he says, don't get swept away by the tsunami of info. Like that's unassuming how much information and how much wisdom is coming here in this song. You think you may be like, oh, lively rhythm, you know, like, hell yeah, this is, but it's so deep in yeah, what he's asking yeah. us to do itself. So it's, it, he's telling us to embrace our individualism yeah, and to not just like take things like the information that you read online to not just immediately agree with it. Really question it. Think about, think for yourself. He's saying, think for yourself. Do what you want for your own, for your own sake. Like what you feel is true to who you are. But just don't think you're better than other people by yeah. saying, oh, I'm not going to do that. Right. Because I'm too cool. I'm yeah. too, you know, like don't yeah. be hipster about it, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Very fine line. There is here. a fine line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But think for yourself. Do for yourself. Be, be who you're meant to be. Yeah. Your truth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Meningi. Damn. Let's Hang all em. be liberated. Yeah. I mean, the shackles of society. But really, that's where we're feeling. I mean, it's yeah. not hard to get there after D Day and then Hagum. Like, we just feel on the top of the world, like uh-huh. able to do it all. Yeah. And then we get into Huh with J Hope. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into Huh, perfect song leading off of Hagum. Mm-hmm. So this song was produced by Augusti El Capitan and J-Hope because it's featuring J-Hope, of course. Yes. Um, we just, we love that D2 had RM featured with Strange and now D-Day has J-Hope featured with Huh. It feels so full circle, like, yes, you're wrapping everything up. You got your rap line into your albums and mixtapes here. Mm-hmm. We all also feel like this has kind of a continuation of that rock hip-hop vibe that D-Day start us off with. It definitely kind of evokes that feeling, especially with the chorus. There's also a use of autotune here on Yoongi's verse during the chorus, which is so great. And 
about the instrumental, just gotta say, I fucking love the like the pan flute the in pan the background. Flute. It wasn't until we were researching that yes. we were like, there's a fucking pan flute. Oh my gosh, like throw me back to Pied Piper. Pied Piper, yes. It, yes. The and haters are obsessed. Totally. Like just that ultimate obsession, and that's where it, it takes us. Uh-huh. And then the there's also like this piano that's acting as the bass line. These low, super grungy, chunky piano chords that are playing throughout that is just like these three notes bass line incredible it just fucking works it's so good i love it instead of like a classic bass line that's going he's using these piano chords like far left side of the piano all these like real low piano chords that are just clashing yeah it's just it gives me especially with j-hope's presence here gives me major dang vibes mm-hmm. like it is that like filthy diss track like ugh yeah. dang mm-hmm. and huh oh yeah. definitely oh that's like the triad hand hand. right there yeah, yeah <laughs> the holy trinity of yeah. diss tracks yeah i just have to say that j-hope's verse it's just this very passive rap delivery that gives it gives off the same effect as Namjoon's rap and Dang and Yoongi's whisper rap and Deshwata. Like it's so passive, and I love that. Like King of Adlibs here, our J Hope is the one who gets to have the verse where he's saying, "Huh?" Mm-hmm. In between, like, what do you think? Mm. Huh? What do you have to say? Huh? Like, and it's like. I, I, it's like his most iconic ad lib throughout know. all of BTS hi- musical history is huh he's mm-hmm. throwing it in I feel like every single cypher has you know yeah. uh, you oh, know yeah. I mean, it's all the time it's so, J-Hope it's like purely J-Hope right. this is his thing right. we've talked about his ad libs right. and I love that the title of this track is huh yes and amazing and it's the most prominent here in his verse and it's just like Ooh, we've talked about how like his rap verse can almost go, you can almost like pass it up. Yeah, it flies under the radar. It's so nonchalant. It's very like chill. And it's because it's this very passive rap because he just doesn't have the energy, the time or attention to give this hater. Right. And he doesn't need to. No. To be honest. Yeah. So let's just dive into the lyrics of this song. Similar to D-Day, he's starting Yoongi. He's starting with the chorus here. And of course, it's the what the shit do you know? about me fuck that shit you think you know about me and he's saying that this is your wannabe life like Mm -hmm. you want my fucking life bro so I just feel like he's so saying here like you don't even really know me but you are so obsessed with me like you think you know my life but you don't even fucking know it you don't know what my life is like and the fuck everything you think made me think of Nam Jones change part two where he said like fuck my interviews from years ago like if you think like if you're still holding me to my word from 10 years ago like Mm -hmm. you don't think that I've grown and changed and evolved as a human and have had like development and experiences and Mm -hmm. maturity like yeah absolutely yeah and I just can't help but to think of back to D2 with what do you think that was very much a diss track hater track where he's like what do you think and this feels very much of a response of him being like what do you really know about me? Like, you don't know me. Yeah. You really don't. Yeah. You can, you can have ideas of who I am and what I do and what my life is like, but you really don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the reference back to what do you think? Because in that song, he really is like asking, what do you think? And then kind of shushing you. And he says it and a pushing lot. you off. He says it over and over. What do you think? What do you think? Mm-hmm. And here he's continuously saying, what shit do you know about me? Right. What shit do you know about me? Right. It's just in your face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so let's get into the first verse. The part that really stands out to me is he says, the origin of my musical motive, the karma of my success that I've built from Dago. And this really, I just love that he's saying like, the life that I live now, the success that I have now is all because of this like, hardship like this is the karma this is the payoff like I went through so much hardship living in Daegu being this underground rapper I've worked so damn hard to be here and he's basically saying like all of my youth had like had been sacrificed to be where I am now he goes on to say you just accidentally succeeded you just got lucky as if this is like what the hater says to him like you just got lucky and he says just go fuck yourself <laughs> do fly to the white house like he's right, like bitch. you don't know what you're saying like as if i just got lucky and here i am like no you fly to the white house mm. yeah he says you assholes don't even understand what's important, exploding your inferiority complex. You're so concerned for my life when it's yours that's screwed. Like, these people have such miserable lives that all they have to do is focus on what he has or doesn't have, and they have shit to say about it. And mm -hmm. this is just him saying he does not care. No, he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. He says the internet world and reality are quite different. And he's saying, live your life. Like, stop putting, like, what you think my life is, like, on, just stop it. He's saying, live your life, pull yourself together, spank, spank, spank. Like, he says, spank, 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 all of your faces, slap, slap, slap. Like, I love this part of the song. It's very much like, I'm going to do me. You need to do you. Like, get your shit together. You yeah. Know? Like, stop hating on me. Stop trying to, like live a life that you think that I live, like go be yourself. It's also just like genuinely like it's your problem to fix. If your yeah. life sucks, like he's just being again, very blunt and very direct here. Like even the line after that, like if your life is a real shithole, at least make an effort to escape. Like mm -hmm. if you are in that place, Yungi is saying at least do something right. to try to get out. And right. you talking about me is not doing that for you. No. It's yeah. Not. But yeah. I also, I just love this like reminder to any listener of like, you can, you can take, control of your life mm -hmm. you can really do you can make those choices if you feel like it's yeah. it's not in the best place it's kind of encouraging pull yourself together yeah <laughs> you know like yeah even to the haters he's like i i hope you can get your shit together right i mean he does yeah. like sarcastically say like i genuinely pray that you'll succeed you know yeah. <laughs> but like i think that yungi himself if he did see someone who was so low in life like actually pull themselves up out of it he'd be like yeah I'm so proud of you. Yeah, Even support. if they were the biggest hater, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. So the second verse is J-Hope's verse. And we just have to say how we are screaming over how good it is and how hot it is. Dying in every moment. Dying every time it comes on. Every like, time I think about it. Oh, this kind of like very passive rap from J-Hope. Like we don't get it very often. Fuck. It ha it's, has some power to it. But he says, whatever you think, Huh, no matter what you think, no matter what you say, whatever you have, like whatever you might become, every aspect of you is not worthy of my attention. And in between all of these little phrases that he's saying, he's saying, huh? Huh? As huh? if he isn't paying attention. As if like, huh, is that someone? Do I hear something? You know, right. like I can't like, did you speak? Yeah. <laughs> did you, huh? What'd what? you say? 
Yeah. Yeah. Or almost like, you know, sometimes people will say, huh, as like an opportunity of like, are you sure you just said that, you know? Yeah. And it's reminding me here the way it's being used of like the cough that Jungkook does in the idol music video mm-hmm. and the way that they utilized that Korean like coughing when you're entering a room just so people know to not have their your name in their mouths. And this is a little bit of that, like a little bit of that shade there. Yeah. Huh? What'd you say? Mm-hmm. What was that? It is definitely shade. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, not even a little bit of it, right? A whole lot of it. The whole verse. The whole verse. And he says he makes headlines. So I bring another fire comeback. This dual meaning, like headlines, like he made so many headlines with Jack in the Box, but he also headlined Lollapalooza with it and making fire with arson. Um, and he says, my plan is to go straight up burn up on the street. Keep that burn up. So that burn up, I mean, throwing it back to like August D D one, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Burn Burn it. it. Yeah. (laughs) But also giving us arson vibes with burn up. Um, and then that call back to his latest release of on the street. Um, and so I just love that. And he's basically saying he's done all of this work. He's done all of the preparation so that when he comes back, it's easy. He says, so that my comeback is easy. And so we have really talked about all of the amazing music and content that J-Hope has given us over this past year in chapter two. And I really feel like this is him like saying like, yeah, I've worked hard to set myself up for success so that when Mm -hmm. he does come back post-military, like his career is in like such a healthy standing. He's ready to go. Like he has like loving, adoring fans waiting and ready for him. Yeah. He's definitely done that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we huh. love huh. We love huh. It, it's so badass. It's killer. It makes me feel great. It's yeah. for the haters. Yeah. Oh, it's so for the haters. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So let's get into Amygdala. This is where we're going to really start making a change, a little, a little shift here in the album. So for the production, it was written and produced by El Capitan and Auguste D. It has this pop rock vibe with a lot of this ambient instrumental. There's this guitar strumming that makes you immediately go into this reflective state. It somehow throws you into the past with this instrumental. It's so ambient. It sends you into that headspace of like kind of revisiting memories of the past. For me, it gave like a little bit of Hinder or like Foo Fighters, even Evanescence. And it's just so funny that we both like we were talking like, yeah, we both. <laughs> thought of lips of an angel by hinder even though this song has like thematically Nothing. no parallels and even just like the the sound of the song really isn't fully there but like mm-hmm. something about that guitar and that like kind of in your own thought yeah. like, it, th- that's what this song kind of delivers totally and we see some of that with some of these more like rock bands these totally. rock groups this song just makes me think of like how much of a true musical genius Mm -hmm. Yoongi is that just with the instrumental he's able to throw us into this kind of like pensive thoughts about the past and right into our very own headspace Um, for me the visuals that I got immediately was like sitting in a dark room totally in your head like I'm thinking like even like a party environment like Mm -hmm. it could be a room full of people but like this song comes on and everybody 
kind of like immediately kind of retreats into themselves and they're in their deepest thoughts. Those things that those inner thoughts, they don't usually want to think about Mm -hmm. those ones that they are usually trying to escape. But this song just makes you contemplate them. It It brings them there. Absolutely. It definitely shows the genius and his musical abilities to, for a song to take you there so quickly. Yeah. And it's not even the instrumental, right? It's also his vocal delivery. Mm -hmm. Um, when he's singing, you can hear the fear and the pain in his voice. Like even before really looking at the lyrics of the song at all, you can feel that pain. You can feel it in his history. You hear his voice cracking Mm -hmm. and that's like where you especially comes through. You just really hear the desperation and that hurt from his past. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In the documentary, he shared with Jimin that this song gave him massive mood swings because he revisits a lot of old traumatic memories and experiences with this song um and he really talks about the value in it too though and that revisiting this helps him heal yeah it's work that has to be done it's Mm -hmm. like that healing of that past trauma yeah you know very therapeutic and really i want to say that in his documentary performance the road to d-day of this song of amygdala i know that we've since gotten the music video Mm -hmm. that will We'll find some time to talk about eventually, but we'll have another album review and then concert review before them. But like the performance in the documentary is so phenomenal. Like I think truly one of the best like Yoongi performances that we've ever had. Hands down. Hands down. The production is top tier, but like his his expression, his what is coming through in his performance and the passion and the fear and the, the pain. The hunching over mm-hmm. belting the chorus really gets me. Like this is just nothing we've gotten from Min Yoongi before. Yeah. And hearing him, usually when he's singing, it's the soft vocal. It always sounds a little raw, a little a little uncut, Unrefined. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And to hear him like belting with this voice, this singer voice, it's just... It's remarkable. Mm. It's it it really stands out. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's like, and it also fits this genre, right? Yeah. Like a rocker genre doesn't have to be like this refined, perfect voice. And yeah. in the imperfections is where the beauty comes, where all of that raw emotion comes through and where so much of that's able to be conveyed. So I think he really takes a hold of that. I think that this genre is perfect for the theme of this song. And I think like he executes it so well, he like really in the production, but also in his vocal delivery. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just what's makes the song so fucking phenomenal Uh, yes yes so for the lyrics right at the intro he says i don't know your name how are you feeling these days i don't know your name traveling to my memories things you want to erase how are you feeling and to me this really feels like he's revisiting these memories that are so suppressed and he's saying it by saying like i don't know your name how are you feeling like he's forgotten the emotions around that time he's forgotten like the names of places the names of people even the time frames it just makes me think of really suppressing those those really traumatic those really terrible memories but here he's actively choosing to like check in on it and revisit it to address and heal what needs to be healed yeah because he wants to erase them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. In the first verse, as we carry through the song, we'll see he's really telling a story of like these past traumas that he's had. So we're just really 
grateful that he's willing to be so vulnerable and that like it's so courageous to like put this down into lyrics to share like to even think them to yourself but now to share them lyrically is it's a lot and so specifically and so specifically yeah yeah so he starts out in the first verse saying that in 1993 the month he was born his mom had a heart surgery and a lot of things happened things that he can't even remember but yet he's unpacking them one by one. And it just made me think about how these things that were at the beginning of his life that he can't not even recall that he had nothing to do with, like it wasn't personally his fault have impacted him so much. Like thinking about the birth of a new child or the birth of a, a first child or any child is incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. Childbirth itself is a traumatic event. And then on top of that, like, can you imagine birthing a child and then like within the same month having heart surgery yeah, medical issues having yeah. medical issues so like think about like maybe hospital bills medical debt or even just like physically not being able to be the same as you were before and to recover up to that point and just thinking about all of the trauma that that the month that time gave to his mom gave to his family gave to himself too of like being affected by it growing up watching you know maybe his parents struggle or his mom struggle because of these things that happened at the beginning of his life yeah. things um, that were out of his control and mm-hmm. like I mean just makes me feel like what if he felt like he was a burden yeah you know, to his family you yeah know, his, his mother was having all these medical issues and had to take care of him on top of it yeah yeah or did she have to have heart surgery because like pregnancy weakened her to a point and it you know exacerbated yeah. a pre-existing heart issue you know like right. to know to, for that to be something that would he would carry that with him you know yeah. his whole life to feel like some sort of responsibility for his mother's health you know Mm -hmm. me personally I was a c-section baby and I've heard like my mom's birth story and how horrible and traumatic it was Mm -hmm. and I've carried that with my life and my mom didn't have like post health conditions that piled up after that in addition but like I know that mine and my mom's relationship and her bonding with me was affected by that early on because it was very hard for her and she had a lot of like postpartum depression from it and I just life changing it's life changing exactly and so like I think that me as the child I could carry that with me inadvertently and it's not her fault either it's just these things that is out of like he's saying in his verse out of his hands so awful a lot of things happening and just affecting no matter what Mm -hmm. yeah yeah in the refrain he says the best choice the choices of the following lanes choice 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 choose the lines and like this really really stands out like the the refrain here you can hear him say sontak 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 like choice, choice, choice. And you hear this desperation and helplessness and almost fear of like, did I make the right decision? There's so many choices that we have that can take us down certain paths. Like there's this domino ripple effect with every choice that we make. Here he's saying like, these things I didn't want to happen, things that are out of my control. Like you really feel the pain in his voice here. He feels powerless. Like there's nothing I could have, there's nothing I could change really. It's out of my hands. He said, let's put it in one by one. Yes, one, two. Yes, one, two. Just trying to 
make the best decision that he can. Mm -hmm. But like, there's just things in life that we can't control. Yeah. And this like refrain coming off of the first verse that we're getting, like it really feels like that his family was just making the best choice at the time, the next best choice, like whatever they could do to survive, you Uh know, it kind of is feeling like they were echoing and togetherness in their hardships. They were just doing what they could, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you really do hear that pain come through there. In the chorus is where he's really like belting out my amygdala, my amygdala, come save me save me, hurry up and get me out of here. And in the documentary, when he was speaking with Jimin, and I just love that this conversation happened in his trailer from In the Soup, like we thought he was just producing for BTS at the time, like no, no, no. But he says that he described the amygdala as the center in your brain that stores pain and trauma and learns from it and like keeps you from it in the future by sending you these feelings of fear. Um, So in this chorus, he's questioning like, if he's experienced this, these hardships, these pains so many times, why cannot he escape them? Why is his amygdala not acting preemptively to, you know, like maybe trigger his flight or flight and get him out of it. Yet he continues to be faced with hardship after hardship, challenge after challenge. Um, And maybe it's a little bit of like in this moment too, he's intentionally bringing up these memories of the past. It's the being stuck in the past. It's the trauma from the past continuing to, affect you here yeah 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 Ah, uh, it's it just like really tears at you the the i'm my amygdala like as he's singing it like he is belting it this is yeah this is the part that i'm belting uh-huh. too like this is where you're really feeling that and then like the desperation too with how many times he's Save like me. saying that uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. at the beginning of verse two he lists off i feel like like his top three traumas that he is ruminating on like listing that like a lot of things have happened but specifically saying hearing the sound of his mom's heart clicking or clocking like tiktok you know like the, the visual of, of the time you know like there's a limit on how much time she has left because of her heart yeah. and the second one is the news of his accident that he couldn't tell you which is him getting into a like a kind of like a scooter accident moped accident when he was acting as a delivery driver during his his trainee days and he really messed up his shoulder and he had to hide it from big hit he had to hide it from everybody couldn't get proper proper medical care yeah because he was worried about being kicked out yeah but he was doing it so that way he could make ends meet you know Uh and then he his third one is that he when he's you know working with bts unable to take any breaks he learns by telephone of his father's liver cancer Mm -hmm. um so three massive things involving like himself and his parents like the two most important people in your life like your any person's like major pillars can be their parents and so this is where his deepest worries and fears are coming mean from is these things that are affecting himself and his closest loved ones Mm -hmm. yeah and really these are just events in life that there's nothing you could have done yeah differently you know these are things that are out of your control and really a lot of it comes down to health you know Mm -hmm. and just like these life or death situations Mm -hmm. um i mean talk about your amygdala like that really sends that fear response right um he says the never-ending trials weren't able to kill me and I bloom a lotus flower again you know we've heard him talk about lotus flower before but here at the end of amygdala what he's really saying is that these events are these never-ending trials within my life and 
they weren't able to kill me and that I grow stronger from it Mm -hmm. and like growing from the pain and coming out on the other side stronger and feeling like as terrible as these events were, like now he can be more proactive or knowing that he can endure this and that even with all that enduring, like it wasn't for nothing. I'm sure there's things that have come out of these really traumatic events that he feels like he can be better or feel that he can protect or care for his family mm-hmm. better you know? yeah and I mean it's it's like giving perspective seeing that where the value in life is what really matters what really matters mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah um he he says like hoping that they were the best choices just hoping that he made the pe- best decision I think that at the end of the song he has to believe that he was because like you said these are things that are just happening to him like mm-hmm. he really could not have avoided them right yeah um so when that happens to you in your life all you can do is hope to make the best choice and to continue to try to make the best choice with with what you have mm-hmm. and I love this as we're kind of like wrapping up the end of our part one of our album review we're almost coming full circle back to Mm d-day with the lotus flower because that's where the lotus flower first came up in the album Mm -hmm. in verse one and two of of d-day thinking about the lotus flower growing out of the hate and the hardships from that perspective Mm -hmm. but this is his lotus flower you know here growing out of the the pain and the trauma of his past um and knowing that throughout any of those different hardships that you're going to face throughout life whether it's within yourself or externally active on you that you can bloom again and Mm -hmm. and grow out of it I think it's a very powerful message it is a powerful message yeah Yeah. and although like this is a very emotional shift in the album here I just find it so interesting how much of those songs kind of play off each other like you could almost really part one the album and just loop it back to D-Day after Amygdala yeah yeah um yeah I mean he really thought a lot about the the order and I just really find it so incredible that like there's these little pockets of lyrics that you hear in one song and then you hear in another or it takes you back to another song from d2 or another song from d1 or like i even get some of never mind or i get thrown back to shadow or first first love love. yeah Yeah, absolutely Yeah. Yeah, yeah i agree and i think it just all goes to show again the musical genius that Yungi is Mm -hmm. and what he has to offer here like these first four songs in the album each one is a heavy hitter each one is different but each and each one has a different purpose uh, has something to say and they convey a, a wise message also for the listener like you're able to pull Yungi's interpretation pretty easily from what we know about them you know but we're also able to really glean a lot of meaning for ourselves like I was able to I've been going through a lot like in my personal and professional life and I feel like this album is really helping me through it mm-hmm. and these first four songs have been really empowering and helpful with working through and processing some of these emotions and some of these hardships that, that I've been facing. So I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with my career. Yeah. Definitely feel the same way. I really feel it with my career. And I Uh think it's, I mean, this, this album really can be about his career too. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what a lot of what he writes about is like the different choices that he's made throughout his career and what he's wanted to maybe say or do that he hasn't been able to. And so I think that's why I'm connecting with it so much too.
loving it so far. Absolutely loving it. I really have so much appreciation for Amygdala. Just the genre choice too. The singing, the also just the vulnerability and yeah. the honesty, like facing his deepest, darkest, just traumatic events in his life and sharing in such specificity mm-hmm. with all of us mm-hmm. is admirable and just brave. And I mean, wow, he must... I feel like he's really healed, you know, from a lot of that. And I'm just happy for him. And I'm just grateful that he's so honest with us and can share. Yeah. Yeah. Super thankful. Yeah. Super thankful. Loving Loving D-Day. Loving it. Can't wait to get into our second part of the album review next week. Yes. Uh, We will talk about the rest of the songs on the album next week. Please be looking forward to it because we definitely are. We love the rest of the album too. Mm -hmm. So cannot wait to talk about them. We do want to say a special thanks to our supporters on Patreon, especially our VIP Iconics. And you guys, we are so sorry, but we promise that your VIP Iconic care packages are coming soon. They're coming soon. Like it's been a stress. We really don't have an excuse. It's been a stressful and crazy spring but and chapter two and <laughs> chapter two you guys jimin kept us busy but we're they're on their way soon yes. we promise and we love you and we're so grateful for your yes. support so thank you so much eileen and michelle and deja meg rachel robin emily madison holly and sophia thank you all so much for all of your support and of course Support the Stroke Foundation this month, OT month, and you can find links for all of those things in the description. Thanks for listening, and thanks for standing BTS. BTS.